Phoenix Magazine podcast is back with part two of our conversation with the Guild guys, Rob Fulmer and Andrew Bauman, the directors of the Arizona Craft Beer Guild, Craft Brewers Guild, excuse me. The Those guys are helping us with uh, our upcoming Arizona Craft Beer Awards and Festival. They manage behind the scenes all the beer award submissions for a great American beer fest and whatnot, and as well as the local competition that we started last year. So we're going to start picking their brains about what it means for our local breweries to win these national awards in addition to our local awards that we just started last year. Second year of that's coming up uh, in October. We're going to start judging here over the summer around the same time as a Great American Beer Fest. Just to give you some of the uh uh, I guess the sausage, the, the the sausage making, the what what goes on behind the scenes. We judge in September. Uh, it's a lot of breweries. It's a lot of home brewers. It's it was guys like myself, uh, totally amateur judge, but I was put next to professional judges. So we had a really great mix of people who were knowledgeable about beer uh, worldwide, nationally, and then folks like myself that really focus on local beers and know what they like and we're gonna do that same sort of setup with a little bit more help from the local breweries their professional brewers get their insight for for the judging this year that's happening in september the awards ceremony is going to happen in early october and then a couple weeks later we'll have our festival that honors all those winners and all those great uh, people who submitted their their beers for the awards it's going to be a great time it's out in glendale uh, we hope you check it out. T- tickets are on sale at tickets.phoenixmag.com. Again, the Arizona Craft Beer Awards Festival. Find those tickets right now, tickets.phoenixmag.com. Now here's part two with the Gold Guys. Yeah. So we're uh, we're back here with Rob and Andrew, Arizona Craft Brewers Guild, and we want to shift now. We, we, I think I read an article where you, Rob, said that this was the greatest year that Arizona has produced on the awards level. Uh, five different uh, beers won at World Beer Cup from all over the state, including one in Prescott, Lazy G, uh, Flying Bassett. Back to, you know, you were mentioning coffee beer earlier. They won for their coffee beer. Um, state 48 and um, Saddle Mountain. Yeah. Uh, all award winners at World Beer Cup. There were also some that won at... Uh, great american beer festival how important is that in establishing arizona like nationally or globally as kind of a craft beer destination well i I think people already come here um for various reasons and it's something that um in the beginning i I didn't think was as important but i really do think we need to frame our breweries as travel destinations and we need to be a hospitality state and there's some work to do on our end Um, i don't think a lot of our breweries understand true hospitality and what what has to happen to uh, embrace that i think obviously you want your uh your your customers your return customers but i think um we underestimate the importance of of travel both international within the country and also between cities here. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of people who never leave their neighborhoods in, in Metro Phoenix, and I think it's a shame. So I, I think we really need to be inviting in, in, in a travel destination. So um, I sort of, um, I think um, at, at Arizona, you know, being, you know, not California, not uh, not Portland and- Florida. Yeah. 
Um, you like Florida as a craft beer place? A lot you said of, that in such an intense way. <laughs> a lot of people travel there, yeah, and they have a lot of really amazing breweries, uh, and people travel there for beer. And so we're not necessarily people don't say, "Oh, where am I going to go to find great beer?" Like Denver. Oh shit. Yeah. I, I, well, so my my, my point is, so, I think we need to hear. I think we, as residents of the state, need to hear that our beer is valid and respected and recognized more than tourists. Um, I, I think we need to hear people from other parts of the country validate what we already know. Um, I I feel that. Like I'm very proud of what our state does. I just there's a lot of people who who enjoy great beer. Uh, and don't even realize it's just as good as a, a lot of places that they revere. Um, yeah, people probably think, oh, I'm going to go to Arizona. I'm going to get a jalapeno in my beer or a, uh, a, a, they brew with cactus I, and you know, critters, I, right? I think I think Arizona, Arizona as a whole is underrated in a lot of ways. I think people think of us as like Grand Canyon. I mean, even if you look at like some of the ads that, you know, the tourism board or the, 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 yeah, the tourism board puts out, we'll show Phoenix and then we'll show the Grand Canyon. And so people think the Grand Canyon is like in Phoenix. And like, <laughs> and like interesting they, you should mention yeah, that. It's yeah. every, it's every and, ESPN broadcast I mean, yeah, of a Suns game. And they just yeah. like, they, they don't realize that it's not the only desert does, and Grand Canyon. Yeah, That's yeah. what you Not have. only does Arizona have so much more to offer from, from a, a visual perspective, but our food scene is massively underrated on a on a national scale and then our beer scene too like people don't realize that phoenix is the fifth largest city in the country they don't realize that feet like they just don't see they think see they I, think new york they think la they think chicago and then it like sk skips to these like smaller cities that are still great and big yeah. and like popular but it's like phoenix exists in this weird limbo state of like we're still right. a flyover well, state. Well, yeah, even should, though we're but not. you should that's actually something you should revel in because honestly, like do we need like three more million more people living in the city? <laughs> no. Don't do worry, we, there will be in like ten years. Yeah. So so I, I think that those things are are more important to us than they are to because yeah. people are coming here all always anyway. But I, I agree with you, like the, the Super Bowl had like horseshoe bend as part of the graphic for yeah. of a Super Bowl here in Phoenix. Like <laughs> I, 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 that thing is it's, five it's, and a half hours yes, away. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I went there the first time, like last month. It, it's it's not lost on me, but I think I yeah. think for people who live here, it's important for us to get those accolades to feel yeah. good about what we already have. And and yeah. um, I like the fact that you know, like you have to at least acknowledge, and at some point you have to just embrace the fact we have a lot of great things, and you have to go to find them. And if you don't want to get out of your house and you want to stay, look, I'm going to throw a dart at maybe like Chandler or Gilbert. Like if you don't, if, if, too, if Tempe is too far away from you, then I don't think you understand yeah. what it is to enjoy the finer things in life, because yeah. it's not that, that you're going to get in your car and drive there. It's that you're going to meet people that you don't normally don't meet. And that is like what I feel like is the loss that people don't understand. Yeah. Festivals are like that. Going to a tap room is like that. You don't go to restaurants of the same caliber and go, hey, I know that guy. Here, 
Have some food right off my <laughs> have some, plate. Have some of my Brussels sprouts, right? Bro. But you do that in a you do that in a in a in a brewery or yeah. a certain craft beer Absolutely. bars. Absolutely. Like, Holy shit! That's my neighbor. I'm gonna go talk to him right now. He's got to try this. Yeah. Like yeah. that's the unique thing that we don't embrace. So. Um, I just think we we already doing some great things. I just think we change our mentality to be more thoughtful about our customers because so many of our yeah. breweries rely on people coming in, and that is their biggest value is to have somebody come in, bring a friend that's never been there, and sell a couple pints across the bar. These 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 cans and and and, and you know like. Some of that hits a sweet spot for a certain size brewery. Some of that's very uh, forward thinking. Maybe we'll get there, but like uh, it's really bringing people into, into their place, telling your story and being hosts. Do you think there's, there's a, there's an industry that in, in the same realm as beer that I think has that sort of tourist mentality nailed down. And that's the wine industry, the whole the whole process of going to a winery and going through a tasting and the, the and person's, they'll drag you through an hour of talking yeah, and the person will yeah. describe every yeah. wine and all Absolutely. this stuff. And, I, and it's like, it's like, it's meant for you. You go to Napa and you sit down and that's why you traveled there. Do you think that there's something to learn from? I that absolutely model? think for if you're sure. serious about serving beer in Arizona, if you're serious about a business, um, of, of what we're talking about, especially the yeah. tap room model and you don't have food and you don't have all these other things to fall back on. If you're a, if you're a, 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 a tap room manager, you owe it to yourself to travel, not even to Napa, like to the, to the wineries of Arizona yeah. and, 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 and understand, understand that. Um, yeah. Nevertheless, despite all the things that you said, I try to agree with what wineries um, we have this, larger scope we have more of this gas to spread around yeah like there are only a few regions in arizona and we're very fortunate because other states don't have that and i think that's super underappreciated but like northern arizona has uh a couple of meccas of 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 I, I hate using the word Mecca in the context of alcohol, if you understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, wineries. Wow, but that's also, deep. But, uh, but also yeah, Southern yeah. Arizona. I, I think I yeah. think um, they're well positioned in all that stuff. And, and, you know, when I was on the Wine Growers Board, I wanted to do more stuff with wineries and breweries. And, I, you know, I was, I was on as a board member during the pandemic. So it's really hard to connect with people. Um, so I think there's still that. Um, and... and uh, there's something instructive about the way they grew up and, and what they felt was important and what we, yeah. how we grew up as an industry and what we feel is important. And I think we could help them so much and they can also help us. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you, um, in less than until we get the distilleries and wineries, um, get the rights that they need to be in the same, uh, uh, range of, of opportunity that our breweries have, then we're as a state, we're not going to move very far and there's not going to be a lot of wiggle room for a lot of us. We need yeah. them to be as successful as we are. Uh, and they need to set their own goals. Like we're, we're, it's, we're, it's not a zero sum game. No, yeah. no. So like there's, there's if, definitely... if they win, we don't lose and we just can all win. Yeah. Also breweries are Metro breweries generally, especially in Arizona 
are in a city mm-hmm. and wineries are out. You have to go there. Right. It's you, I mean, yeah, it is like I think, Cottonwood. I is. think there's a, there's, there's something both groups can learn from each other. And this is spoken. I just came back from Sonoma and um, I went as a beer guy. <laughs> Third rate Sonoma. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I went as a beer guy. His pinky so was went, cramping the whole I time. Went through, <laughs> I went through all these wine tastings and um, yeah, f- through the perspective of a beer guy. And it's like they have the welcome, let me sit you down, let me bring you every individual thing and explain it to you. And some of them had food pairings. And it was this very, and they're like, wearing a collared shirt some of them, and actually, black pants. Actually, not all of them. Some of them were pretty casual. Um, but it, it, there was this like... There was this feeling of okay, I I I went there, and it's like a destination. But sure. then, but then, and then beer has this like, this like, approachable like oh just yay, and you know the people at the tap room. It's a brewery in my neighborhood. Really chill and really cool and conversational. It's kind of it's kind of like relaxing. But I think there's like, the wine industry can learn a little bit from that, of being more approachable, and that's actually something I mentioned to several of the people that that gave us tastings while we were in Sonoma is like, you were very accessible in the way you described the the wines. You didn't get too crazy about like an orchard being grown down the wind from this, this vineyard <laughs> and how it affects the soil or whatever you like. It was very approachable and very understandable. And, and then I think the beer, the breweries can maybe learn a little bit about like, and some of them do it. But like you order a flight and they just plop in front of you. You mean like education? Yeah, like a little hospitality. Extra. Yeah, right. And that's what I'm saying is like there's this crossover where if, if yeah. they both just sat down, but there's this weird like cultural right just like well, animosity. So, so I, I don't want to put this all in the breweries or yeah. the or the staff of breweries because there is something that is approachable about beer where a lot of people feel like they have more expertise than a lot of people that serve them because they are, uh, but that's not- They're a home brewer or they're us, they- But with with wine, there's a little bit of mystery and like everyone feels like they're not as capable. orchard down- This Um, is so fancy. Right, right. So I get that, I get that, but we have to bridge that gap. But let me tell you, like, like, this isn't just us like every year going, oh, what should we do this year? Like, let's throw this out there. Like, we want to reunite these tribes, like, and to, to the effect that, like, and, and, and it's not like this just me and, and, and some breweries, like, you know, working with some wineries and some distilleries and, and Gary Allen from the and distillers. Let's think about cideries that breweries right. always work with. Right. So we, we changed the law so that um, we wanted to reflect the fact that we love estate kind of things, which is more in the wine situation. And we love out of state things like, you know, you go to Austin, you go to Jester King, they have a picnic area and, a, and yeah. we, we, we we think that that's something that we can accomplish here in Arizona. Yeah. You said Gary. Ellum from the Distillers Guild. I said that. Um, he owns a distillery. Um, uh, you know, I've been working with the wine growers, obviously, and um, I don't know who the new president is, but I've been working with Chris from Tumbleweed, Chateau Tumbleweed. And, um, you know, we want to have these estate experiences, which aren't really part of what Arizona does, but we also want to reflect the fact that we can produce a lot of 
alcohol in metro areas. That's the Phoenix opportunity. So we passed a law. It took several iterations because of interpretations by the liquor department that we disagree with. And we said, we're not going to argue. We're not going to sue. We're just going to change the law again. But it's, it's, it's hundred percent, you're hundred percent able to open a winery brewery distillery, which some shared uh, production capacity um, and shared tap room and experience. Um, that's fully legal. Now that's something that awesome. doesn't, you just change the law and people automatically do that. These are things that take a few years, but yeah. um, you know, to have uh, something in, in Metro Phoenix that can crank out the product and still support this rural thing or, um, a, a, you know, a rural winery saying, Hey, I want to put on a, a, a three barrel, five barrel, we'll see how it goes and have it on their estate, their property, and service more people and be that hospitality. Um, we want to break the mold of, of this. Yeah. And, we, and we, you know, it's not a, it's not a um, competition to restaurants and bars. Like, there's a role for them if they 100%. want. Um, this and thing we talked about with the festival license. Like, imagine you're a liquor store. Like, hey, these these guys are, these craft guys are, like, doing all this stuff to circumvent my my um, my store no you they can work in conjunction uh with these places they can say hey i will i will work with you to put this on my parking lot and if something really takes off i might consider putting it in my in my cooler uh, yeah so this this is this is really an opportunity for arizona to do something yeah. completely different than any other state and, and awesome. i think we're right on the cusp one brewery uh, Dillinger Brewing in Tucson has an alternating proprietorship license. So you have to get a federal That's the license thing I to talked do it. About. That's the thing he was talking about. You have to have a federal license to do it. And then you have to apply to the state. I don't know if there's it's a form. It's a form to let them know, hey, these two um, one page production <laughs> entities are existing in the same location. So mm -hmm. having two production licenses in one address used to be illegal. Right. Now they have a partner that is Brill Mead Company. Mm. So they are producing mead, which is wine and beer honey on wine the same for those premise. Who don't know. <laughs> yeah, honey wine. Yeah. Um so we have an example of it right now and they're working together very closely and uh that's the one i know of there may be other ones yeah i don't know about because people don't always come up to us like hey guess what we're doing right more often we just run into it on their facebook page or their instagram like oh look what just happened let's find or out more. Say, kinda, hey, i heard that you could do this i'm like yes you can yeah and Does I that said, allow yeah. Santan to, to distill and brew beer at their Santan Gardens? Is that that's kind of the same, along the same uh, lines? That's a different thing because they have a number one production license so they can what produce. Also, gotcha. So, so a separate distillation. So those guys, location, right? this location, um, so having the same, having two production facilities and one address is something that just happened with a microbrewery and a farm winery. What Santan has is a production license that allows everything. So just to, to be clear, there, there are a lot of, um, I, I mentioned that um, Title IV is, our liquor laws are, are um, they're 
there's a lot of gray area. There's a lot of things that we say, oh, well, no, this is our interpretation. They, and some administrations just go with it. And a lot of that. there's a lot of these loose ends that we've sort of tied up and instantiated in actual law. So there are a lot of things that are out there that are anomalies, but we felt like this is the example that proves that we need to get the actual thing. And the Santin thing is definitely one of them because Anthony Konechia has always wanted to sort of break the law, uh, the laws of, of, of not break the law, Break, break, break the mold of, of like what's possible, yeah. like, sure. right? Uh, uh, so, well, he's he, a U of A guy who named his beer Sun Devil Ale. So, <laughs> so, so yes, he he uh, um, he was able to get this uh, this combination of impossible licenses um, because we passed the law that says don't punish anyone who's already has this this uh, thing because so again like the, the example is like if you if you if you murder somebody in any part of the world or country here you, you're generally going to have the same punishment same thing but like with liquor laws like you know like let's not forget like in some states it was illegal to buy a beer directly from a brewery um there are some other i mean some of like those last been year fixed. yeah some of those things sounds are like fixed. oh this happened in the middle ages right like, no well, that I was mean, like um, last year like la- la- last the last one last, last, last week one. if you were in new jersey it was legal from them to turn a tv on they could not turn a tv on in a brewery that was against the law yeah what? wow yeah oh Who- comes up with this stupid stuff because they yeah no it, it's it's i know it, who but I mean, it, it's uh that's hypothetical <laughs> we don't like to you know like throw those examples out all the time because yeah. like we all have our own stories and our own struggles of it like and it's not a reflection on 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 our sister organization in, in new jersey that fights the fight but um it's just a more of a lesson like at any time someone could say hey i interpret this law this way and this and the combination of those two means you can't do this and like you know and it's something you've been doing for 10 years i live in this world where i clench my teeth and wake up and be like what happens if this happens or what happens if it doesn't happen or whatever but like you should take more edibles before you go to sleep <laughs> largely largely it works out but like that's yeah. what they pay us to do is to to and to have the relationships to have answers immediately yeah. um you know there's there's stuff going on all the time and like I, you know i wish i could share all these things with you but like right now there's stuff going on sure. and like you know like i don't know like i, I we well, we generally don't get the public involved until we absolutely yeah. need to and the last time was sb 1030 that's the last time we said hey you got to show up this is yeah. important sure a little break here i want to tell you about summer cocktail camp guys uh two weeks in so far amazing drinks amazing lessons learned uh demonstrations People are going home uh, with great recipes that they can create these at home. Uh, if you went to the Arboleta one on July 2nd, that was our first one. You learned from one of the best mixologists in Valley history, Richie Moe. Great. I, I came home and recreated that uh, that Matador drink myself, uh, Black Manhattan, because I love Manhattan so much. Fantastic uh, advice and uh, demonstrations from really the best people in the drink and cocktail business here in the valley uh we did last week at the womack blew everyone's mind some of the the fanciest drinks you'll ever see there at the womack 7th street and bethany home uh we have uh our next three uh in july are sold out so if you have tickets congrats if not you're not missing out because we have more in august and september 
that have tickets available. Again, go to that website, tickets.phoenixmag.com, tickets.phoenixmag.com. You're going to find all of our events there, including the summer cocktail camps, the Best Fest, our Arizona Craft Beer Awards uh, Festival tickets are there. So make sure to hop on there, tickets.phoenixmag.com. Get your tickets for our events today. You don't want to miss out. Um, well, in the interest of time, uh, <laughs> this has been awesome. I hope people will l- listen to this whole thing because I think it's really interesting uh, to know that there's so much more happening around Arizona beer than just people making beer. I think that it's important for people to know that you guys are sitting there, you know, pushing these laws to make it so that we all have access to all this great beer and so that it's easier to access and so that the breweries are thriving and everything. So I just, uh, I hope people sit through this, but um, I do want to talk about Arizona Craft Beer Awards. Uh, we're oh, wait, let me, give, let me throw one thing in. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> September is when we start working on what we're doing legislatively. Okay. So that is coming up really soon. Right. Yeah. And, and the laws that we passed aren't actually passed yet. Yeah. So we're going to start working on new laws in September. Okay. That won't potentially be valid until after we start working on the new laws. So it's not like we stop and then we take sure. summer and, oh, great, totally. everything's good. In September, we're starting to work on new things that our members think are important. Yeah, that's all. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's good. Sneak preview um, of any of that? No. No. No, none? <laughs> all right. You, you had a couple of beers. I thought I might nah, slip that yeah. one past. <laughs> um, okay, so... Arizona Craft Beer Awards, uh, we worked with you guys last year. You guys handled the awards portion of it, and I thought it went really, really well. Um, I'm, I've been very excited to see breweries uh, be, be very excited about having one. You know, you go into their tap rooms, they have their medals hanging up on the wall, or you go to one of your other beer festivals and they have a poster that says this one won, you know, gold at Arizona at ACBA. Like it's, it's, it's proliferated very quickly for having only been one year. It's starting mm-hmm. to pop uh, up now in other um, like news stories, like Google searches, you'll yeah. see that Axios reporters writing about local beer and it will include, right. Oh, this beer, by the way, won a gold medal at yeah. ACBA. Yeah, no, I'm, you know, super, I'm super happy. You've seen that in the Google search. Actually, yeah manifest the award and extended it and made it a part of what yeah. their story is. I'm for sure. So what we're definitely surprised and yeah. super enthusiastic <laughs> yeah. about it for and sure. And we're definitely going to, we're going to keep raising the bar and, and to give the breweries the capacity to promote those kinds of things even more. So, um, I, I want to know from your guys's perspective, uh, kind of, you know, it's already been almost a year since the last one, but, what were your thoughts on the last one? What are you excited about this year? Uh, and let's get let's get people excited about this year's. I'll start with ACBA. what I, I thought was really exciting was the, the day of and, and that experience when they knew they're getting in their awards. Um, because I knew once once people started filing in and started talking to each other, I'm like I'm like I've mentioned this before that 45 minutes before the awards, like I never wanted that moment to end. You know, like, yeah. because like people were excited. The energy was electric. Yeah, right, yeah. right. And then, and then to have that extend to the festival and people bringing their awards 
So I know this is super important um, because I know like, you know, like our first year awards, I mean, obviously you're like, does it really mean as much as a World Beer Cup or a GABF or whatever the other awards are? And there are some, there are some better uh, award programs out there, net competitions, and there are some that are just like, oh, well, you spent the money, you're going to get an award. This is not that, obviously. Um, this is is designed to be Arizona judge, peer judged, ideally. Um, so I, I think I think uh, I couldn't have asked for a better first year experience on that. Yeah. So um, what we need to work on um, is really um, is 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 getting uh, and and having consumers ask like, hey, you're, are you entering? Are you judging this year? Uh, I know there's some trepidation amongst some brewers like i don't want to judge anyone else's beer but i just don't think they're understanding the process you don't you don't judge in your own category um it's anonymous and uh there is no better uh review than a peer review and they the brewers that enter know the kind of notes they want and the people who judge from the industry should write those notes that's always been from from when we were sort of conceptualizing the whole thing last year before we actually did it all uh as one of the things that i really latched onto is like that i that i hope we can retain year after year is this um this making sure that i heard a lot of feedback from brewers that a lot of times they submit and the notes they get back are like completely non-actionable like it's like you right. scribbled non-constructive feedback that they get. And so I loved the fact that from the very beginning, as soon as we started talking about judging, it was like, give feedback that will help elevate this beer. Don't rat on it. Just right. what, what would help. And so I thought we nailed that last year. I heard from several breweries that they were really appreciative of that. And, and yeah, I mean, the, the, the energy around it was amazing. And then just seeing that residual energy continue, you know, going to strong beer and seeing, you know, Oro with their big core yeah. plast sign that they went and printed that said like, you know, brewery of the year or whatever. Like that was just so cool to see. Uh, and it's super cool to be a part of. Yeah. And so to, to people who are listening, who don't understand the mechanics of this, we are collecting entries at the same time as GABF entries, which the guild is shipping to um, Denver. Um, so we're getting the same entries as GABF and yeah. like, um, and we use the and same more. guidelines for judging, yeah. right? Same guidelines. And yeah. did I, did I understand this correctly that last year, our first year, we actually received more submissions to the ACBA than the GABF received in their first year? Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, <laughs> I never put that together, but yeah. The, the it, it actually is true. GABF was 1980, I think. Yeah, so, uh, they had like you know? 75 entries. Well, no, so what you're saying is we have 43 we, years we, to catch, to catch up. up yeah. <laughs> but, well, what, and we also had more entries from local breweries for our awards than we sent off to the GABF. That's also true. But, oh, that's cool. I didn't but, know that. But, 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 I mean, you know, I mean, look, I'm not going to conflate a 
gold medal from our competition to a gold medal from GABF or World Bear Cup. The point of this is to sort of help get more feedback and more avenues of, of getting better. Like this, this is a, a, a mechanism for us to get better on two things. One is self-awareness about judging. Like I think, you know, there's a lot of breweries who um, relied on the expertise judging of, let's be honest, um, Gordon Biersch, Fort Peaks, um, uh, BJ's. Rock Bottom, BJ's, um, a lot of out-of-state presence in the state uh, that were rewarded as a corporate employee to win medals. And like, uh, then there was a sort of a land rush to get in the brewing industry. And I don't think that a lot of that translated. So like, there are a lot of people who are, um, have been doing this for years and years and years as judges, national judges, judging GABF World Bay Cup for many, many years who want to pass the torch off. And like, this is part of our building of the farm team for all that. Yeah. And when we build that farm team, we inform ourselves on how to be better both as brewers and as judges mm-hmm. and um i know this because when i was with the uh arizona society of home brewers um we were more of a social club and we were a large club and that's i i take credit for enlarging the base of our, our operations getting more fan base but uh the people who were on my board and who and ended up being in charge of the organization after i left they wanted to be more of a competition club because i literally laid the guns and i'm like are we this club or are we this club or can we be both or how how do we do this and at that time when i was president we only had one national judge in the whole state for bgcp which is the homebrew, um, homebrew. and we had nobody really integrating with professional judging and by the time i left we had uh a national we had three or four national judges yeah. a, a few of them working gabf and now yeah um the head of the bgcp is uh dennis mitchell who's who didn't judge before he was part of that never judged and now he's the he's 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 in charge of the organization that writes the style guidelines yeah. and manages the, the competitions for the entire country yeah. for Amateur home. Not brewers. only that, but when you judge a beer critically, and you're not just sitting down drinking beer, when you judge a beer critically, you become a better brewer. And home brewers have known this forever. Yeah. Because it's such a small scale. And when you're brewing five gallons, you can adjust that so quickly. And it takes and also it's your heart going into it. When you're in a professional mode, and you're working, you're working to make that beer consistent constantly. But when you sit down and take yourself out of that environment and taste multiple beers of similar styles and think critically about what's happening in front of you instead of just like, okay, my shift's over. I'm going to have a beer. Cool. Yep. Tastes good. And you get to a completely different environment. So not doing it at a brewery is very helpful because you're not in that head of, oh, it's a brewery. When you're a professional, you already are like, oh, I know this. So getting in that space and tasting beers and judging them makes you a better brewer and makes you think more critically about the beer that you drink every single day, whether you wanted to or not. You might not go back to your brewery, like you're brewing two more weeks, sit down at the bar at the end of your shift and be like, oh, I'm going to have a beer. You might just go like, oh, let's just like take the first sip critically. 
huh, what did I just taste? Yeah. And, and, and so that's the lesson. Winning isn't necessarily objective sometimes. If you yeah. get good notes, like if, if your notes are consistently, hey, this has way more orange character than the style says. Yeah. But you know that's exactly what you want and that's what sells, then like none of this matters to you but the notes. So there 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 well, are, there are the... there are wins even though you don't win. And yeah. um there are this 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 is just a a different process to get to what you want to do as a brewery. And like so you know, I can understand why like, like well these are the notes. Um, this is what it takes to win, but I'm never going to change this beer because this is what sells. Yeah. That's, that's the difference. Right. Well, and, and I think that was the, again, the thing that, that I just took a lot of pride in last year was the fact that we put so much emphasis on writing, on giving good notes, whether you like the beer or not. And then whether you won an award or not, you got those notes. So the people that didn't win took them and said, this is, you know, these are the things that I could potentially change or affect to maybe win next year. And if they don't want to change it, that's fine. Right. But if they want to, they have that feedback, whether they want or not. And like, that's, it just, it just felt like such a cool thing to be a part of. So going into this year, what are you guys excited about in terms of like, yeah, we're thinking like new categories. Uh, are I'm, more breweries I'm, getting interested in, in the competition I'm aspect? I'm very excited of it? that uh, we have a technical committee now. Um, Scott Brady from Oso is leading that group, and our breweries are going to be more involved in the judging than they were last year. We had plenty of breweries that committed their people and their time to do it. Uh, and we just see that at least doubling this year with the number of submission brewers that are going to be oh, involved yeah. in judging. So that's super exciting. As far as the number of submissions and categories, there is some tweaking on categories we've already got planned. There are plenty of breweries who are interested in submitting beers for the event, which is awesome. And also comboing up the beer submission with, are you going to be part of the festival is cool. I already had some that I, I haven't looked really deep at the list of who submitted, but I got an email today that said, Hey, we want to add this one. And also um, when you question, is it going to be at the festival? Probably. <laughs> so they're yeah. acknowledging yeah. that they're intertwined, that the competition is part of the festival and the festival is part of the competition. Right. There's not like, yeah, the, the competition is a thing and the festival is a thing, but it's so much better when they're together right. than when they're just 100%. two separate things. 100%. So uh, I, I just want to state as a matter of fact that uh, the, the go, no go date, when we looked at who is submitting beers to support this competition, like that go, no go, go date to when we actually had to judge and the next week announce winners was 45 days. And in the past, this organization would have let's said like, let's wait till next year. <laughs> but we were so used to being, um, I mean, this is a, this is a, not necessarily a sustainable thing for us, but like, we're so used to just after the pandemic 
taking advantage of as many opportunities and executing. Um, I'm super proud of that. Yeah. But I'm happy that we hopefully have a base where that's not going to happen. Yeah. Like we were super lucky to have great partners in um, the judging location with Shamrock Foods. Um, hopefully they'll come through with for us again. Um, you haul for a van. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, need, you need a really big fridge is that what we found, nice. right? Yeah, yeah. You need a big um, fridge. Uh, so for them to offer up their location, like literally last minute, um, was great. Yeah, I'd like to fold them into uh, more of the decision making and, and and how they represent their brand. We we gave them a category, but also, also um, Shamrock has people who know how to taste things really well. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we also had uh, uh, the historical museum in Tempe that offered up space. Yeah. That everything we needed to to. I mean, we didn't do it last year. We might not do it this year, but like we could literally live stream. They had they had the camera stuff, this 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 the stage. The, the AV stuff for us to pull off the awards presentation and like for us to not have to worry about the actual festival and you guys nailed it huge like that's a huge burden off our back yeah uh to be able to just show up or or, or uh, participate on that day um and the opportunity for everybody is to show off what they did yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we changed it a little this year. We're uh, moving the award ceremony to October 6th and the two, three, two weeks, two weeks before and the yes. event to the 21st, yep. uh, the, that gives our breweries an opportunity to create more point of sale, to provide more hype about their successes. Yeah. And that's really exciting to me because last year, again, we like, it was short time and we were very integrated and this time bringing that a little bit of separation mm -hmm. makes, we're, we're also going to know who won GABF and there's nothing wrong with them celebrating. Also celebrating, celebrating that at yeah. the awesome. ACBA festival. Right, because we're, we're not going to say, Hey, everything that is a hundred percent winners at our, our judged competition is, is going to be the same. And I, I think that's, that's a win for the consumer. Um, so awesome. I do. I'm super excited. You got to get out of here. I do. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're running you, up against it. You guys want to keep going. Uh, I'll take off. I gotta go. Okay. It, um, well, it's all about, it's all about the standard of excellence for Arizona right. beer. And these guys are doing a great job in promoting that. So our little tagline for the, uh, for the festival is celebrating the best beer Arizona has to offer. And I really feel like that encompasses it well because it really is, uh, I, I really think that that's the case. So uh, we couldn't be happier with better partners uh, with you guys. Um, we're very excited that Phoenix Magazine is sort of like carving out our little our little corner of the beer community because so many of us on the staff of the magazine are such huge beer uh, fans. Thank you. And but we're very excited too because we our latest issue of of Best of the Valley just came out. There's a whole section on readers' picks. Uh, Best of the Valley winners, which is a voted, community voted uh, thing. So uh, we're excited about all the breweries that got some recognition there, and um, and and we're we're just excited to go into year number two with you guys on ACBA. I think it's going to be super fun. Yeah, I'm excited too. And it was it's been a great. We could say like last year it was such a great partnership. It's like been a year long partnership. Yeah. So having that. Um, History and getting to work together again, amazing. Yeah. 
I love it. Yeah. I love it. Cool, guys. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, this has been awesome. And uh, we're, we're definitely going to have to do another. We'll have to do like a little debrief post ACBA. <laughs> uh, I think that'll be fun. So. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, right, Ron. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you guys at the next episode. Thanks, Ron. Remember to look for the first draft of Phoenix Magazine IPA collection, uh, collaboration with Phoenix Beer Co., it's going to be unleashed to everyone at Best Fest on August 5th, downtown Phoenix. Get your tickets Best Fest at uh, tickets.phoenixmag.com. And that's our Southwest IPA. We're brewing that this week, coming out August 5th, thanks to our friends at Phoenix Beer Co.